0: hello everybody welcome to episode 216 um and probably what is officially our penultimate episode of what has been a tremendous season uh we are it's myself and craig right now adam is fashionably late to the party um so whenever he gets in he'll get in oh speak of the devil and he shall appear uh but craig how are you doing
1: yeah not too bad not too bad at all uh just off the off the back of a nice time off so uh so yeah getting back into daily life right now which is uh easier said than done um how about yourself
0: yeah not bad at all um it's been a good week of football for us hasn't it not the best result in the world to finish off with but uh, in general it's it's not been a bad week to be a brighton fan um so yeah it's been good uh my dog tried to die this weekend and then miraculously <laughs> recovered as if nothing has ever happened. Um, so the joys of pet ownership, uh, as always, uh, just flooding the good vibes. Um, so like a £1,000 later and a fully healthy dog as if he's never been ill is great. Um, Adam, welcome. Welcome to the show. Welcome to England. How are you doing? Yeah. Uh,
2: long time listener. First time caller. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm currently sat. In my childhood bedroom. Uh, and it's... My mum has sort of kept it like a memorial. <laughs> um, like, it's it's how I imagined if I happened to have expired at a young age. It's just not changed. Uh, I've got just stuff in here that is just incredibly embarrassing. Incredibly. You're, you're like this. I've got a... Remember the Hardy Boys back in the old school days of WWF? I've got a signed picture of them up on my wall. Um, I'll go
1: for a few Bob nowadays.
2: Yeah, maybe you you remember the Corinthian bobbleheads? I've got about maybe two hundred of them still up on shelves in my room. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, My favourite probably is the Dermot Gallagher referee special edition that I had to go to an event at Villa Park to get. Um. So yeah. Anyway, it's great. It's great to be here.
0: Good. Well, it's apps that we'll be discussing Villa Park today. uh, Then in tribute to to your. Demet Gallagher bubblehead Um like it's only right that we we talk about it. Um that's the but,
2: only reason I'm here, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: this was um a week of much rotation, uh, and some really important dress rehearsals, really, for a number of players. Uh Van Hecker for one, Buonanotte, uh for another with his Manchester City <laughs> performance, um, and then his corresponding Villa quieter game. Uh, Ayari's first start for the club. Um, We saw a lot of, you know, young players. Undab as well, again, coming in. Um, We had a lot of players that had a good opportunity uh, to show what they were made of over these last two games with the pressure mostly off. Um, Let's talk about City first, though. Uh, They were not easy on us were they uh walker stones Rodri, uh they popped in lewis to pretend they were rotating a little bit uh bernardo silva gundogan uh kevin de bruyne up mares harland and phil foden as your outfield 10 uh with ortega in that goal uh how'd that make you feel looking at that lineup knowing that Deserbi intended to try and get at least a point from it
1: i mean it was it was more annoying given that the the game before that, they completely rotated to have a, a second eleven. So, uh, yeah, I was I was expecting very similar to their to their game before, but uh, yeah, especially given the rotation that we had too, it was sort of okay. We we might see this go one way um, quite heavily, but it, it wasn't the case. But as, with with that sort of city team, like you said, even Rico Lewis is is very good. So um, the only thing of seeing Rodri at centre back was the only really blemish on what is a <laughs> a title-winning team,
2: isn't it? If you'd have put a gun to my head and asked me if the Man City game was basically a week ago, I would have said there's absolutely no way. This game feels like it happened in a maybe three weeks ago to me. Um, but it's flooding back now you said that. and I'm looking at the team sheet and yeah, and it, was in, it was intimidating. I, I know we'll, we'll get on to kind of how we lined up and then the, the actual game itself, but I'm excited to talk about that first half because you look at that team sheet, you look at what we were putting out and you went, oh God, what's going to happen here? Uh, and it didn't go like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really where I just wanted to lead off from. Um, we played a pretty strongish ish 11, 11, right? Uh, we played a decent lineup barring your few rotations, you Hecker and CISO. Uh, Welbeck coming back in to lead the line uh, for young Evan Ferguson, who's, probably very tired after this season. Uh, Gilmore gets a chance as well. Um, but yeah, like you said, this is this is one of those games where you look at it in a little bit like the Wolves game and think, oh no, we're in a bit of trouble here. Uh, the Wolves game was more our lineup um, and this one was more Manchester City's. Uh, but that first half, um, is that the most scintillating football? Like, is that... Is that one of the highest quality football games or forty-five minutes of football you've ever seen in any football game? For me, I think it probably it's like in the world, like in his in my time watching football, I can't think of many forty-five minutes of football where two teams show such unreal quality in a really attractive way. <laughs> if that makes sense,
2: Javi and Iniesta and Busquets eat your heart out. Yeah, yeah, this. Uh, <laughs> And I think you maybe we underplayed a little bit we, when we say a little bit of rotation. Well, let's go back to what a little bit of rotation means to the, re- <laughs> the remainder of what is our team at the end of this season. Uh, I, Van Hecker and Colwell, no, you're starting. How how old is Van Hecker? 20? 21? Whatever. Completely unproven. 19 year old Levi Colwell on loan. I know we, we love Levi Colwell, but. Up against Ireland, you look at those two lads, and you go, "We are. This is a disaster." We've had the weird right back situations. We said Billy Gilmore's playing. We've got Buonanotte. You, 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 there's no Mac. There's this is this is on paper. That's a team again that gets smashed by that Man City team. But as we've seen all season, uh, the paper is irrelevant uh, for this team. <laughs> um, it really, really, really is. Uh, that first half was. Even when we were one 0 down, the best first half I remember for us playing in terms of quality. And as you say, the overall quality was fantastic. But tell you what, we did not embarrass ourselves. We were we were incredible, and it could have gone a little bit differently. Uh, and and we aren't one 0 down. Uh, but I'm trying to think of just some of the passages of play that we saw. But this was a team that should have been overawed, and were not. Not in any way.
1: It's, it's strange given the, like you said, the age of the squad as well. It's just being able to, ah, I guess the, the pressure was off a little bit. I'm, I'm sure they we, we obviously wanted to get the point for Europa League and we'll come on to that. But I think he, you're talking about two teams that have the freedom to play you know, without too much of a consequence. I mean, they're, they're sort of, still nursing a hangover from the title win and we're sort of guaranteed European football barring a catastrophe so it's sort of like well that's perfect right and you then have two very expressive teams playing very exciting and very easy on the ice type of football and you put them together you're obviously going to find one hell of a high quality football game um I'll, I'll I i did not watch the whole 90 minutes so I'm just I'm talking completely off what I've try to fit in and watch um but the the first half I did get and yeah I, I can only just concur with, with what you guys are saying
0: yeah I enjoyed that backhanded compliment from Pep saying we played really well but they were still basically hungover from the weekend um like he did like he hasn't seen the videos of Deserby auditioning for Coyote Ugly like get out of here like we all saw it like Deserby on top of the bar singing his heart out and having a ball of a time. Like, nah. Like, come on, Pep. Like, we we were just as much on, on the beach as you were in that respect. Um, let's go to the chat real quick. Max, in the chat, I don't know if you're still here. You said you can't stay long. Uh, but uh, any tips on getting BT Sport cheap? No. Just pirate it, you idiot. <laughs> well, we
1: we saw some pirate news today as well, didn't we? There's a, there a few people. A few people got done for illegal streaming, so...
0: Yeah, yeah. They're they're buying it though. They're actually like illegal streaming and then getting subscribers for it, which Oh, okay.
2: Brilliant. Yeah.
0: Um I think I don't I, believe
2: you can be prosecuted for streaming, only distributing. Is is that is that like a fake is that bro, bro science that I've picked up?
0: <laughs> no, I think I think you're actually accurate. Um it's the uh it's a group I guess it was like seven or eight people who were streaming it to people, uh like obviously distributing it to people uh, and they would charge them like a 10 a month and people were paying for it. Um, I would suggest to those people paying for it, like just please like get slightly more internet savvy. Um, there are plenty of options to watch Premier League football if you want to. Um, that is not paying 10 pound to some random idiot who's doing something that you could be doing for nothing. Um, Max also, uh, I, I, I hope you're the same, Max, uh, but I'm pretty sure you've won the Fantasy Premier League as well. Uh, so congratulations to you, um, if it is you. <laughs> if it's not, then congratulations to the other Max Lord, I suppose. Um, Stephen in the chat, Adam, is it nice to be drinking proper beer, not Bud Light? Now the question is, what beer are you drinking? Well, here's the irony. <clears throat> um,
2: <laughs> I am drinking bloody Brooklyn Brewery from Bill that you buy here. <laughs> Uh, so I'm drinking a beer that, um, I guess was brewed, uh, as the crow flies, probably about 30 minutes, 20 minutes from where I, I live thousands of miles away. Um, but you know, I have partaken in some more local stuff since I've been here, but, um, to be honest, I got slightly compelled this, this, you got a free, pretty nice glass when you bought the six pack. So, um, I'm a sucker for the little freebie. So yeah.
0: Yeah. love free stuff love it um obviously the first goal comes about about 25 minutes in after what was just 25 minutes of great football um and really we all knew Europa League was abound uh despite what Deserby tried to say um and really it wasn't too much of a bother was it we were playing a weekend side um they caught us with a Deserby special with the counter attack that they put on um and carbs part in ways that Manchester City have done against every single team this year and will continue to do to every single team this year uh for the rest of the, the what Champions League final and the FA Cup final I think they've got left uh I suspect they will do it to both of those teams um and we were 1-0 down and honestly I felt all right with it it wasn't one of those things I was too upset by um Julio and Ceso however was slightly more upset than I was um and he let it all out in a 38th minute on one particular strike um it has since won the Match of the Day's goal of the season uh, and will probably win our goal of the season whenever the Arby Awards start being sorted out, which is odd. I feel like our end of season stuff has started to be like organised by now, but I haven't heard anything about what that looks like. Um, but just how special was that strike?
2: So, uh, Craig, I, 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 it's hard to... This is a layup though, isn't it really? Uh that was shit. Uh it was enough where in did you see the little clip from when Pep was doing He's being interviewed afterwards and doing the press conference and he got distracted because he was watching the goal go in? Uh I, it's just one of those ones where if you've been crap at football for your life, um, uh, and even if you've been good at football, you dr- that's the that's the hit you dream of. That's the hit you dream of. Uh you just smack it and curl it in to postage stamp in the top corner against the best team in the world and oh, it's just unanswerable that we talked about this before because this is not the first time nc says just banged one in from distance this seemingly is how he operates and and, and uh i think this is not the last time that will see something like this out of him and he can be a frustrating player. But when you get a moment like that, I mean, he's, he's, I think he's in the first 11 next year, unless we suddenly go on some spending spree, whereby we've picked up a slew of amazing players. He's, he's been so impressive and this just puts the the icing on the cake of his, his season since coming into the 11.
0: He's only 19, right? Very young. Um, Paraguay's next big thing as well. They're, they're just so happy with it, aren't they? They're just in love with him. And I What was to... the
2: previous big thing with
0: respect? Mm-hmm.
2: Roque Santa Cruz? Roque <laughs> okay, Santa Cruz, yeah. yeah sorry, if we both thought
0: it, it's got to be true.
2: Playing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, Craig, I want to hear your thoughts on the Nicole as well, but I wanted to ask you something else because Adam also just said something that sparked that thought in me. He is a frustrating player and he frustrates the shit out of Deserby. With how selfish he is, apparently, even after that traction engine of a goal, um, I want to hear your thoughts on that, uh, and then also just what you think about the the way Desobry came out and basically just laid into him <laughs> right after scoring like goal of the season.
1: I swear, but he does it every time, right? Like, I, I feel like whenever Enzo so has a decent game, De Zerbi comes down and sort of cools it down a little bit and goes, "Well, uh, put the brakes on. Like, you you need to be less selfish, but." For, for me, if you can get a strike like that from, from Chelsea and, and Man City and stuff, like feel free, right? I, the the track record's there that you can ping it into into top bins. Um, so I think he's kind of got free reign now. Like if he does want to have a pop from 30 yards, you go, well, I, it can happen. So I, I don't mind him trying. Um, but yeah, it, it tends to be a, a tendency of De Zerbi just to try and maybe ground him a little bit um, every single time and, and maybe always demanding more. Um if that's the man management technique that you need from a, an erratic 19 <laughs> year old that that tends to just score goals for fun against top six sides or, or media friendly top six sides, then fine. fine. Um, but yeah, it, it just seems like a man management technique from Zerbi, really, just to try and keep him on the on the straight and narrow, because uh, if you're 19 and you're banging goals like that, I, I would probably have
2: a little bit of an ego as well.
0: He he does have. The air of an ego about him, doesn't he? Is uh, it the six-minute
2: not... dance routine he does after scoring? <laughs> <is> it, <so? laughs>
0: the 74 <laughs> different celebrations he has on the game. Yeah. He uh, he he is not Evan Ferguson, he is not. Um the the gray rock in the ocean. It just seems cool stoic
2: 18. giant. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um he does not portray that kind of coolness. Um he definitely has the the very, very much chance of being an arrogant little bitch if he gets if he gets going. So I feel like zerbi is doing a pretty good job there. Um, Speaking second... of, I just want to mention quickly because have you seen some of the
2: stuff around Mudrig that's been coming out on the internet? How he's, you know, he's videoing old like guys in the gym and taking a yeah, mick man. out of them and like t- comment on on camera angles for photo. Like, and he's crap. Um, at least he has been. Uh There's a I uh, Do you think like at 19? Do you imagine how much of? Do you remember how much of an idiot you were at 19? Because I'm still an idiot, and I was way more of an idiot at 19. Now imagine if you just banged that goal in, and you have the talent he does. Like Craig's right, you would. Your ego would inflate like one of those old Branson air balloons. Like you would just. You could turn into an absolute arsehole and the whole premise of everything Deserby does is that there's no Arsenal. You're all about the collective of the team and it's about the style of playing. You fit into that. And he's he's the maverick. He's the joker in our pack a little bit, right? Everyone else plays into the system to a certain extent. Now, he's the exception to that rule. And I think that really does work in certain instances. But it goes back to what we said on the last pod. He's the guy that has 60% pass completion compared to everyone else's 80s and 90s. And you have to temper some of that with him as he grows into a more mature player. And he deserves a god among men. Like He's the greatest man that's ever lived. So I, I trust him with whatever he wants to do. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, same again this week, by the way. 60 and 61% pass accuracy uh, at Manchester City and Villa. So, yeah. Um, Buonanotte was not much better, actually, um, in the Villa game for horrendous pass accuracy. Um, I don't want to get into players too much. I want to go to Villa and then package the other players. Cause I do have some questions for you all and just thoughts. Um, Harlem's goal that was disallowed. Cause that was really the only major talking point for that second half of the Manchester City Brighton game. It's, it's almost like everybody took their foot off the pedal a little bit after what was quite possibly just the most stupendous half of football you'll see all season. Uh, and it's almost like they were like, all right, let's just relax a little bit. Uh, Plenty of substitutions. Ferguson, McAllister, Veltman and Undav came on for us. Uh, Gomez, Phillips, Alvarez and Palmer on for City. Um, we, you know, we wanted to get some people rested. Uh, we wanted to get, you know, continue with the rotation. Um, and really that that was the main talking point in that second half. Uh, that goal that was not from Erling Haaland. Uh, BAR ruled it out. A judge to have fouled Colwell, I think, in the box. Uh, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I, I. mean, I thought, I, on first viewing, I thought it was a foul, just sort of pulling him out of the way. I mean, the the tussles can go either way, and and those sort of things. But I also feel like if that if we scored a goal from that situation, I would fully expect it to be chalked off as well. So by by using that perspective, I I do think it was a foul and direct cause of him scoring a goal like if he didn't do it i feel like it's a lot more contested so in that approach i can see why it's been chalked off
2: it's a foul but they're never given uh uh, so i'm very very glad it was (laughs) and i'm sure everyone listening was uh but how many times have you seen this silliness especially in corners and free kicks these tussles that happen they just nothing nothing ends up coming out of it um yeah the, the good VAR happened.
1: Um, I, I feel like it wouldn't have been given if there was more bodies in the box. Right? Yeah, I maybe that's just, a just because point. it's just a pure isolated incident. There's just two people being focused on. If that happens at a corner, that's not being given even with VAR.
0: I was thinking the same. That's how I felt yeah, with the with the court the corner situation. Like they never get given. Like, that happens at every corner, every single one without fail. You'll see that exact foul at every corner, and it will never get given um but i think now you've said it i think you're right that it that box was actually quite empty wasn't it um so it stood out like a sore thumb um and he full-on basically pulled the shirt off his back which is never the best way to try and pretend to not do something uh when you're kind of turning the the large shirt into a double xl um from yanking on it so hard it's not it's not going to be the best thing with all the tv cameras around um all right in terms of the game itself before we move to Villa. Don't want to touch on players too quickly. Uh, what Anything else to cover in terms of the, the game? Any incidences you wanted to touch on uh, from the Manchester City game itself?
2: Yeah, well, Craig might have one, but you're talking to the person that forgot this game occurred um, until you reminded me, and then I remembered that amazing first half. Uh, and, and obviously, you, you can't forget the goal. I just said, no, I couldn't remember what bloody week it even occurred in. I just think it was. I know you didn't want to talk about players, so of course I'm going to talk about players a little bit. The, uh, but but not a Brighton player. Let's not talk about Brighton players. That Harland, in general, right? There's this fear whenever you play him that he's going to do the the seemingly inevitable. Um, I do not feel at any point during that game, outside of the shirt pull moment, that there was many like very 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 clear cut chances created for him. Um, and maybe I'm forgetting a couple that occurred, but the the way that we seemingly set up made him a bit more of an isolated figure. I think there was a point when he got free running behind the defense that did scare me in the first half, I believe. And he just got through as a runner and just sprinted off, D- didn't end up scoring. But I mean, I- I'm saying this, it sounds really mundane to, to comment on this, but let's go back to what we talked about. Your defence is whoever on earth it was at right back for this game. Uh, I guess Caicedo, I think it was. And a 19-year-old and another youngster that's played, what, two Premier League games, started two Premier League games his career? Anestou Pinion, who's rarely ever in his own half. Oh, that's impressive. That's really impressive. You don't even have your starting World Cup winning pivot sat in front of the defence. You've got Billy Gilmour, who everyone after Norwich was basically writing off as a championship player. Like, If that doesn't say a lot, I don't know what does. It's incredible. Incredible to be able to do that.
0: All right. Let's move to Villa then. Um, Last game of the season, uh, European tour confirmed, sixth place confirmed. We cannot move regardless. We could have beaten 25-0 or lost 100-0. We're not going anywhere but sixth place. So the pressure was truly off. Um, and De Zerbe uh, definitely portrayed that in the lineup he threw out there. Um, our lineup on that day, uh, two, three days ago, Steele, Veltman, Webster, Colwill, Gross at uh, left back, uh, and Ceso McAllister, Are uh, as a debut. Buonanotte again, Undav and Ferguson. Um, we had some very young kids on the bench, but also a very strong bench as well. Uh, Lewis Stunk on the bench, Welbeck, Gilmore. Kaisedo, uh, Estepinian, Mitoma, Van Hecker, uh, and Hingewood uh, on the bench. Um, this is a game that Villa desperately needed to win uh, in order to leapfrog uh, Spurs into that seventh-place finish. And Within about eight minutes, it was another deserving special uh, being caught on a counterattack uh, with what looked to be a back three initially, um, really caught out of place uh, and what was basically the easiest goal, uh Louise is ever going to score. Um, not a great start, was it? <laughs> Did it feel like we were just on the beach at this point? Were you, were you fearing the worst?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um, the, the level of rotation, I think, I mean, we spoke a bit about Man City before this, but completely missed the, the concept that Dunk wasn't playing, right? and I guess just the the seemingly non-effect that it had against what is a, a title-winning team. But, um, yeah, it just felt a little bit like sixes and sevens for that first goal, and we couldn't have made it any easier for them. Uh, it's, it's a heavily rotated team, um, you know, we're sort of giving IRE his first start there's there's a, a few players in there Pascal Gross at the left back for example like that it, it's just stuff that even we're not used to and we're, we're used to a lot of rotation so um when I saw obviously it's saw, saw the lineup and, and tried to make sense of it um it was it was a case of okay well this is going to be a hard one to to try and get something out of um but you're right I think we're It's more of a fact that nothing could have changed and our season is pretty much confirmed and and we're in the top six. Uh, It's just a bit of a bad goal to give away.
2: I came into this game with, uh, probably all did, this kind of like swagger of, I don't care what happens. It doesn't matter. We've already done what we need to do. Just do whatever, play anyone. As soon as they scored, I became furious. Uh, I was like, no, you fucking, (laughs) excuse my friend, get out there. Earn your money. Do do it. Don't embarrass yourself, uh, because let's keep that that happiness, that momentum, that that aggression going into the summer. Um, so yeah, that it was frustrating to see that, uh, and but you know, it, as as the game headed into the sort of deeper parts of that first half, uh, the, the the I guess the overall kind of pers- perspective of the game shifted massively. For a certain period of time, I know we'll get on to the, the goal that wasn't and then, and then Villa's second. But outside of that, we suddenly like really took the game by the scruff of the neck. And it was really nice to see a bizarre makeshift 11 with nothing to play for come out and say, no, 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 this is not OK. Thank you very much. We are going to make something happen here. Um, that was awesome to see.
0: I agree. Um, that was Deserby' hallmark all the way through it. Like whatever he's talking to them about, and whatever Michael Jordan videos he's got on display, are clearly working, uh, even with nothing to lose. Uh, because they looked as furious as you did, Adam. Like they really did. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it.
2: Well, it might be Scotty Pippen videos now. I don't know if anyone cares about this American listeners who's coming out and basically saying Michael Jordan wasn't very good and it was all all him. So yeah, maybe maybe Scotty Pippen videos.
0: Maybe um, I don't feel like uh, Deserbi would agree with that. I feel like you've the only person a that agrees wag. with us is Scotty Pippen. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> um, yes, so let's talk about uh, the goal that wasn't, um, and then the goal that was uh, from Denis Undav. Um, and just Dennis let's just talk Dennis Undav uh, in general. Um, let's get on to some of the players because he he only played against Villa. Um, we have probably plowed a furrow so deep into Farmers League jokes uh, about poor Dennis Undav this year season um, that there is not much left uh, to sow. sow or reap, rather, I suppose, from that. Um, so the last six games, however, um, almost coincidentally, since Buzz's boot room. Uh, which seems to have been a turnaround for him. Um, and he has actually come out and said that he has had the best couple of months in his life recently for Brighton. Everything has changed. He's happy now. Whatever all this means, he's, he's turned it around. Um, and we're starting to see and understand from his movement why he scored as many goals as he did at the Belgian league uh, aren't we? Because he is not particularly rapid, or does anything particularly special. Um, in the same way that Mope doesn't, right? Um, but he's got very clearly now uh, that instinct that we hadn't seen for a long time. Um, it seems to have refound itself because this is a dangerous footballer now, isn't it? Yes.
1: Is, yeah. Yeah. I, I especially sort of the turn I think you've five goals in eight games you, you had a couple disallowed throughout as well like we know that that composure and that instinct is there it's just I think it's taken him a while to, to adapt or maybe to get his chance um, but I guess anyone that had even followed a hint of Belgian Pro League last year would, would have been fully aware of his capabilities in front of goal it's just how quickly or how how well could he adapt to a, a very high level of football? Um, and if this means that he's through that adaptation and, and is is going through that now, and if he gets five goals in every eight games, yes, it is a dangerous footballer. Um that we have I say we as a as a collective fan base have um have been highly critical of this year.
2: I, I still don't know whether he's the worst or best player ever. Uh I, I, it's so he has the Mope. It's so easy to compare him. It feels lazy to compare him to Mope, but I'm going to compare him to Mope. Uh, in that you get the sublime goals from him. Right, we talked about those two chip goals that he scored, and you're all like, "How on earth have you managed that, mate?" And you, you know, go back to some of Mope's goals that he scored, and how often do we all, as fans, watch Mope play? you know, like mate, you're one-on-one with the keeper. How do you not score this? And indev has got that in him. He's absolutely got that thing where he just—you're know, like the easy ones. He can't do it. Was in there was one in this game as well where he got completely through and he just didn't have a clinical finish. Um, and it was a Emi good Martin, save too. To Emmy Martin. There's like, a credit. Emmy Martin is a good keeper. I hate him, but he's a good keeper. Um, but you know, uh, you you need to. For these players that play in, in up top, and again, this is a really very, very basic point, you have to have that killer instinct. I've not seen the killer instinct from him. I've seen the ability to score amazing goals, and his positioning and movement has been really impressive, what we've seen in play. But this is a team that, aren't we the team, I saw some stat the other day, that's created the most like chances in the top. Like We, we create the XG created or something, is off the charts for us. He should be scoring. Uh, here's, so here's a question. I've been to some people will think about this. Neil Mopé's on the bench at Everton, an Everton side that, you know, very, very bad. But we've seen the renaissance that every player has had under Zerbi. Is Would Neil Mopé be better than Dennis has been under Roberto De Zerbi? I don't know the answer to that, but my guess is being pretty similar.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's all I can probably say as well. Um, I'm not sure. Um, Stephen in the chat saying he thinks that the last, well, eight games have probably saved on not going out on loan. I think you're right. I think that unless we strengthen in the, in the front line, which I, I don't think we will really, I don't think we're going to look to to sign a striker if we want to play with one, uh, and we've got Wellbeck back and Ferguson. Um, I suspect that Deserby is probably happy with three, uh, I think he want four for European football. Yeah, you're right. Um, and Pedro may well fit that bill as yeah, well um, yeah, yeah. because he has played as a striker a lot of his career. Um, it's only really this last year or so that he's dropped back a little bit and Sean. Um, so it's it's going to depend on what Derby wants to do. Um, but yeah, I think he's right in that I think that Undap definitely isn't going out on loan now. Um, I think he's definitely got himself a position in that squad. Um, The U.S. tour should be interested in things. He's going to play around with the back line. Uh, I don't know whether you mean like fours and three at the backs. Um, If you do, I don't think we'll mess with that. Um, I think that Deservey loves his four at the back, his four, two, three, one, and it's not going to (laughs) change. He's been very adamant that his football will never change. Uh, he has his ideas and his philosophy. I, I think we were forced into a three at the back this weekend just for something to do. It was almost like something that he just wanted to have a look at. Um, but his goal this weekend, uh, first of all, the disallowed goal was a proper killer instinct goal. Um, that was one of those ones that you've not seen a Brighton striker do outside of Evan Ferguson in since Glen Murray, really. Like, it was, it was a great, kind of goal off the back of the defender that you don't see and then it's promptly ruled out. Um which is, <laughs> yeah, true. Which is just classic. So Webster
2: Webster's ball see. so ball. Fantastic as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um then of course the dealer goal comes um and then the worry comes that the heads might go down. Uh, it most they most certainly didn't. Uh Jacob Ramsey though, uh was Fantastic for Villa annoyingly I thought I thought he was really good all day he was the only one that really stood out as anything in this Villa side that has been unbelievable under Emery um, you know the return that Emery has got from this Villa side is astounding uh, and yet when I watched that team this weekend I wasn't that impressed with the exception of Ramsey I thought he was superb and only 22 as well so uh, we there's a lot of talented young kids coming through um, but but we did go into halftime uh, 2-1 down with Dennis Undav scoring the goal. Pascal Gross, assist. Uh, why not, right? Pascal Gross, as per usual, playing at left back, grabs an assist for the goal.
1: Nothing surprises me about that guy anymore. Like I just, I just, with the amount of positions that, the, that he's played as well, um, yeah, we, we can sit here and talk about Gross all day. Um, but the fact that Undav's managed to control that with the back of his head is is stellar as well <laughs> whether that was actually uh a genuine attempt or he knew what he was doing um but i i, I laughed the first time i saw it but it's it's a good finish when it does drop for
2: him that's the it goes this this nutty thing isn't it he's got an absolutely no right to do that <laughs> like the backwards bobble header that completely destroys the defender and then he, and then he pops it in um but, the, but let's, I know you're probably going to bring this up. Let's not sour what was a obviously. I know we lost, but uh, we're, we're going to do a season wrap up where we'll talk about how incredible this all was, obviously. But let's 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 moan a bit. Uh, this was disallowed. This refereeing performance, David Coote and his merry band of idiots, it, it was a dire. Every when you annoy everyone, there's commentary. Every fan of any club, Villa, Brighton, neutral, the dogs are barking outside of the stadium. I'd, every decision that they could have made was the dumbest decision that you could make. I don't understand how they're paid.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, I was inevitably headed to this point as well, uh, because they were fucking awful. Like I have never <laughs> been and that's that's where I felt like I know you said you were furious after the uh after the goal but like I still wasn't even that bothered until this refereeing performance just kept ramping up like I think it was like the fourth yellow card challenge from Matty Cash that got waved away that had me like a few I was livid like I was like sat up I was like this is absolutely I was raging like what are we doing here like I know you just want to go on your holiday and you've had a long season and you want to just go away, but like, so do these players and they want to go without uh, like leaving on crutches, preferably Mr. Coot. So if you could please protect anyone on that field whatsoever from these challenges that are coming in, it would be great because it was a spicy game for what was her last game of the season with one team had nothing to play for. Um, And CISO was doing a great job winding everybody up. Um, But yeah, like I, I actually can't fathom how bad that refereeing performance was. And if this was a game we needed something from, we're 37, we're 38 minutes on the dot now in, we'd have spent the last 36 of them post-intro talking about this prick. <laughs>
2: I think it's at 37, probably. Uh, yeah. I don't... I, whatever there's uh, there's no logical conclusion that we can reach craig like i don't we how many times have we talked about this it's not like we can come to some miraculous thing where we're like, oh great yeah hopefully this changes but uh, we how often did we talk about how we thought the season would come down to this game you're absolutely right like how aggrieved would we be if some of these decisions whereby we could have arguably villa players could be sent off as you say uh players could have been injured let's have here's a hypothetical let's say one of them completely destroyed Kaiseido's leg this is a player which are about to potentially sell 100 million and suddenly that's gone because of this stupidity like i'm sure they would have showed him a yellow card if someone like Matt Cash came in with a hammer
1: it's there yeah it's just a concatenation of just just comedy isn't it really like because if you don't laugh you'll cry at this point but it's like like you said if if we needed something from this game and matty cash puts in four four yellow cards worth and still doesn't get anything and you're playing against a a right back that you know isn't yellow carded yet so can play with sort of full expression you're going to be fuming that you you can't attack that weakness of, of all of that good play down that left hand side irrelevant of that i think the injuries and stuff like that combine that with the fact that if we did actually need something from this game you're right this entire podcast would have been about ineffective referees not just for this game but for the entire season because the palace the spurs everything like that there's every single goddamn obstacle that has been put in our way that if we did not achieve european football there would have been two, three, four, five hours on, on referees and in every instance in where we've been scolded and, and sort of brought down a peg. Um, I'm very happy that that wasn't the case and we've managed to beat all of that stupidity. But next year, can't really get any worse. And I'm touching wood with that. But like it, it is horrible the, in, in with regards to the... The effectiveness of what they're doing and then i saw today on bbc sport that they want more i guess more protection for the referees and bits and pieces like that so it's something that needs to be worked on this summer it has to be um and i'm fully going to redact that because it can always get worse as well because uh, we know that
0: No, i'm clipping that for next february
2: yeah brilliant <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> the,
2: uh, when matema came on he started causing a lot of problems and he was hacked down a lot. And Matoma has not been one so far as we've seen to like overly milk things. So he'll go down when he loses balance and push, but he won't He won't sit on his ass and just wait. He will get up and, he'll, his, by the way, random side there, his defensive work is incredible. His work rate to get back. I, I, we haven't talked about this much, but he's a massive asset defensively as well. But he even would sit down on some of these and just go, you haven't stopped playing why haven't you stopped playing? I was just felt like you couldn't you couldn't believe it. So we're we're even sort of offending players new to the Premier League that cannot understand how poor the, the the refereeing is. It's yeah, I I I can absolutely see it getting worse. There's 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 very little doubt in my mind I can see it getting worse.
0: Yeah, probably the same. Um no Mittoma's defensive work is insane. Uh I think it's the it's very japanese right like that entire japanese national team roll out in four banks two banks four that are expected to work as pairs on the on the wings and defend as a duo and it's why they're so dangerous in these world cups because they've been doing it for like a decade and have been causing problems for teams with their the collectiveness they, they attack and defend with on each side of the pitch. Um, and when you've got a player like Mitoma who has such a dangerous offensive side as well, um, then yeah, you can see why this Japanese side is as good as they are, uh, relative to their, what should be their strength, right? They're, they're pretty much always consistently exceeding expectations. Um, let's talk a couple of other players, uh, cause that was basically it ended two one, um, the, the rise and fall and rise and fall and rise and fall of the Mr. Inconsistent himself, Facundo Buonanotte. Um, He is one to watch next year, I'm sure, uh, because he gives me major Alexis McAllister vibes. Um, this is a kid that's just come over from Argentina, uh, labelled as a really promising, very promising young man. Um from all the big names in Argentina, I think even Messi, is name dropped, uh, Facundo is one to watch for the future. Um, Alexis was another one of those players. Um, and due to the pandemic uh, and everything else, it was a very kind of slow transition to the Premier League in English football. Um, I don't think Facundo is going to take that long simply because the world around him is hopefully better god forbid we get another one um but everything's looking better these days ish uh and i suspect this summer uh is gonna be probably the most grueling summer of that young man's life is it not uh because this is a kid that was simply phenomenal against manchester city this midweek he was tremendous and he was anonymous to downright shocking against villa um and that's what we would see from Alexis when he was first coming into the squad. And now we are about to sell him for seventy million plus to Liverpool. Um, what do what do we think? What do you think? I would love to hear your thoughts on Facundo uh, because I think he is probably going to be that next player that is going to take a little while to bed in. Uh, but I feel like by November of this year, he's going to be one of those players that we're talking about as like first name on the team sheet if he grows how he looks like he could. Yeah, I think it's consistency, right? And we,
1: we saw that with Alexis as well, just being able to sustain a high level on a consistent basis. And it took Alexis a, a fair while to get to that. I think you're right. The world around us now is different to, to what it was for, for McAllister. So um, it's just exciting, right? And you, you think that the Premier League season just ends and he's immediately called up to the main Argentina squad like that. It, it tells you, everything you need to know in terms of what people think of him and and what people are expecting of him um really good against city um i yeah didn't see anything at at villa really um just needs to work on that i think with a a full preseason with a squad as well is going to be very useful for him um very exciting right You, you get to attract these sort of level of players um and and sort of Put them in an environment and a culture where it's okay to fail. Um, you know, it just gives them the the, the freedom to to progress, and, and hopefully that works.
2: Yeah, he's the he's the guy that Carlos Tevez managed and came out and said so was you know comparable to to Messi. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I've, I've not seen that yet. Uh, I think about nineteen years of age, was Messi was sort of already breaking records, but. Um, maybe comparable in the way that, yeah, you know, Fiat Five Hundred is comparable to a Ferrari. I don't know, but yeah, he's looked. At the, 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 what you want to see at a young age, you don't expect consistency. If you're consistent, you are messy, and you're a generational player, if not the best player of all time, in my opinion. Humbly, yes. Uh, if you have consistency at that age, is incredible. What you want to see is 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 how high is your ceiling? Can you play these games where you're incredible? if you can, let's work on it and let's bring the consistency in over time. That's all you hope for. Uh, and he's, he, we've seen that. We haven't seen that from Ayari yet, at least in my opinion. Uh, we've not seen that high ceiling yet. He's put in some okay-ish performances. Again, he was pretty rubbish in that that half against Villar. Um And that's in CISO. We've obviously seen the ceiling. We've seen a very low floor, but we've seen a very high ceiling. Uh, tell you, I, I think we all just as a fan base have to very much temper our expectations around some of these players going into next season, because you do not have black Swan Premier League events like this very often, but like, I'm sorry, but no one in their right mind predicted after everything that Chelsea spent money on. And they went into the season with, you know, Thomas Tuchel, a champions league. No one saw what they uh, happened to them for like completely the bottom falling out of the whole process. No one saw Liverpool start to the season. Like There was loads of events that occurred to cons- conspire, to, to create this incredible moment that we've had. But we cannot go into a new season thinking that, you know, oh, Buenonate and CISO are going to play every game next year and they're going to play at the level that we've seen. And CISO is going to bang in those goals that we've seen every two games. So, I guess the reason I'm saying this is, don't be downbeat if we don't see Buena come good yet but yeah preseason is going to be great it's going to be helpful the, the squad has done amazing things deserve is going to be incredible he's surrounded by amazing players but he might be crap for a season he might be crap next season uh and he might not come good until the year after that's okay he's 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 a baby that's like it doesn't just happen so yeah good signs though
0: yeah, uh, a player that's a little bit older, 22 years old, uh, the fall and rise in two games of Van Hecker, um, who absolutely bodied uh, Haaland in parts for the Manchester City game, uh, but altogether was not the best player on the pitch, uh, especially in that first half where he looked miles off it. Um in hindsight, given that I probably consider that the best half of football I've ever seen Brian's side play, I feel like maybe I was a little bit too harsh on him uh, in terms of not being able to keep up. Uh, because if I was on that field, I probably would have just stood and just watched it and just been like, that was really good. Um, I'm not going to try and run to do any of those things uh, because I, you'll be up the other side of the pitch by the time I try. Um, however, it did really well coming on, against Villa um, for that last 25 or so minutes. Um, this is a player that, like Leo Ostergaard, um, who never could get a game for title win in Napoli, um, who is now sat on the bench at a team that he insisted he would never have to sit on the bench for. Um, Van Hecker is similar in the fact that he wants first-team football. He's very adamant about it. Uh, it's why he went on loan. Last year, uh, despite Potter wanting to keep him, uh, he wanted to go out and play first-team football for a football club. Uh, he has only just had his chance. Um, and what do you think, both of you, about the future of Van Hecker um, after those two performances? Um, do you think this is a player that we may well see in the squad next year? Uh or do you think he's going to be one of our lone armies or even full permanent transfers out of the club? I think if
1: he is adamant on having a first or just starting games on a regular basis, then we can see him leave because I I don't think that's something that is going to happen here. Um, If he changes that sort of um, mentality and wants to be part of a squad. And he knows that the Zerbia is going to rotate as often as he does. Um, and if he's, he's comfortable with that situation, I can see him stay right. Um, it just depends entirely on what that ultimatum is. And and if he wants to be starting games and he wants promises of that, it isn't going to happen here. Right. I, I think he's, he's good at a sort of base like premier league level. I could see him going to a really top championship team as well and starting games. Um, but I just don't see him as a starting centre-back for us, given that we have Webster, Dunk, probably one more in, um, you know, I'm not including Colwell because I'm expecting him to go back, right? Um, so then you're talking about numbers too, and, and deserve is always talking about numbers, and, and now operating in four different competitions. Is you need quantity as well, and and if this is someone that is used to the way that we're playing and is competent in the way they were playing, despite not being a star centre back or starting every game, I could see Zerbi wanting to keep him as well. Um, so that if he's not completely ultimatum on. Being a starting centre back for every single game, I can see him staying.
2: Yeah, I think that's. a I think that's pretty much it, right? But his, his contract's up this in a month, right? Um, he's only I so, only runs yeah. only runs until the summer. Um, I really don't. I think you, I, Josh, we we talked. Drop my iPad. We talked during that game. Um, a little bit about Van Hecker because you're right. I don't know whether I what, I need to modify my opinion because there was a point during the game where, candidly, I think I said something along the lines of I don't think Van Hecke is it. Um, and then, of course, you know, Haaland doesn't do anything. And, and he's, the little highlight reel goes around on Twitter of him like doing a little weird skill move and a double touch in his own box and then playing out like he's some kind of absolute legend of the game. Um, but there were some really shaky moments there. What you expect? Right. He's just, I think what is he? He is 22, right? So you start to feel like he could be there, but I agree with Craig when it comes down to it, Lewis dunks, not going anywhere in your starting lineup. I know we've rested him for the last two games here at the end of the season, but he's had a long season. He's played a lot of football. So who's, who partners him? um, Again, I agree with you. We're not shifting to three central defenders. So it's going to be two. Levi Colwell is three years younger than Van Hecker. is left-footed, so can play neatly there. And it's the quality that you want and desire to see. Uh, and, and this bears repeating out of a team that is going to be playing in multiple compositions, including the Europa League. Van Hecker has shown nothing yet. Apart from maybe a skill move in the game against Man City and doing a half decent job and a half poor job against Haaland to warrant having that role all season against against Lewis Duncan. And remember, Adam Webster is still here again, that question marks around him. So I agree with you. Uh, I think we need a we need a new central defender in. We've been rumored with central defenders coming in for quite a long time at this point. Levi Colwell could come. We don't know. There's there's tweets been going out from fairly respected people saying there is mutterings that maybe maybe he is gonna be able to come back to Brighton. Um, I just don't I just don't think he's he's the guy. I don't think Van Hecker is the guy yet. He's not shown enough. Um could he be? Yes. But but I think he starts next season.
0: Looks like that fair? Adams yeah it is uh it looks like your internet has gone back to uh the same era your childhood bedroom is in um currently uh it's it's, it's oh
2: yeah i don't know how much i don't know how much you've got of it
0: yeah um james in the chat are you guys gonna do one of these next week yes sir season wrap up next weekend uh we will be here for our final episode official episode of this season i'm sure we'll be here or there in the summer because we have that little thing called a u.s tour with two of us based in the u.s so that will definitely be covered uh, and i suspect that we may well have the busiest summer in our history um so yes there will be plenty of coverage this summer uh, i think as opposed to last year where i think we didn't speak to each other for like two and a half months because we signed like nobody at all um, yeah, nothing <laughs> happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah, nothing happened until Kukurea bounced. Uh, and I think that was like, you know, days before the season started and Pinion came in. I think outside of that, we didn't do anything at all. So very different summer coming up. Um, let's talk about those two that we're inevitably then going to talk about uh, this summer. Um, we've probably, well, I would go as far as to say we have definitely seen the last time Alexis McAllister is going to wear a blue and white bride and a Valium t-shirt um and at 24 years old uh, after winning a world cup and helping us along in this unbelievable season uh, there is no better time for Alexis McAllister to make the step up to wherever he wants to go be it for money, albeit for playing in the best competitions in the world. Uh, Liverpool are obviously the team that are rumoured to be getting him. Short term, that's not the best idea for the best competitions in the world because he'll be playing in the same one we are. Uh, Long term, I think we're all very, very aware that Liverpool's trajectory is probably slightly more promising than ours long term. Um, But the Alexis situation is there's not much better time to sell him for us than now, is there? really he's just won a world cup and we've just finished sixth there's really not many times that he's going to have the same value as he has today
1: yeah yeah and he's always, he's been a great servant to the club obviously and i think he's he's hit his sort of peak value right you're you're at 24 taking taking us to the europa league the only real way your value goes up even more is that you either go to the latter stages of the europa league or you play in champions league football um And you know, at at this point, I just I don't see that. I don't see that transpiring in the short term. So, at that point, you then follow the Brighton model, right? And you go right. This is at the peak of the money that we can get for this player. Uh, So, so let's go ahead and do that. Um, And it's been on the books for a while, right? We, we, I think we we are all sitting here and knowing that this was going to happen in the summer. Um, And like you said, going to Liverpool, we'll be playing in the same competition of them, which is again mental. but at the same time, you know it's different, and for for him to you know double his wages, if not more, um, in going to that and and being able to to do that, um, he obviously leaves with all of our best wishes. I just, yeah, I think just getting the right amount of money and reinvesting that into a squad that is capable of playing for competitions is the most important part.
2: Yeah. Look, I, I, I like the fact that the people were still coming out. Hopefully my 56k modem stays in here. But uh, coming out after after the game, being like, oh God, I really hope he stays. He cried and hugged every member of the Brighton player and staff group. What do you think? He was just emotional. Of course, he's, he's gone. He's long gone. Yeah, I'm just... It's uh, been great. Perfect. Uh, i really do think uh, whatever this internet is absolutely diabolical isn't it whatever he's done alexis is done i'm done <laughs>
0: uh, yeah um it's not the best internet in the world either. it's been great for like 55 minutes so like put some if you put some more money in the meter like
2: it's on pay as go yes yeah, it's <laughs> on pay as, as you go
0: um i will also say one thing about alexis um because He's one of those players that will be going with all of our blessings. But this is a 24-year-old kid who's just won the World Cup. The professionalism and the way he conducted himself at the level of the game we're talking about these days is something that is so rarely seen in football anymore. It should be the norm, but the fact that I'm so blown away by it. This kid had loads of interest in January. But he was so adamant that he wasn't going anywhere in January, it didn't end up going the Caicedo, right? Like, he was so adamant, and his dad or uncle or both or whatever was so firm on the fact that he was not moving to any other club until the summer, end of. They'd got something in his contract that makes it easier for the summer. They'd also been very clear about that. But we watched Trossard do it. We've watched Sanchez do it. We watched Caicedo's new agents do it. It's really just got to be applauded that he's done everything everything in the right way. Do I think he is the kind of player that is going to be a, a like key player to Liverpool? No, I don't. I don't think he's a 70 million pound midfielder. I will happily take 70 million pounds for him and wish him the very best. Do I wish we could keep him? Yeah, of course I do. He's superb, but he's not it's similar to Ben White really. Like is Ben White a 50 million pound center back right back? I still don't think he's a 50 million pound. Right now, I don't think he's a 50 million pound defender. Um, but I was happy to take it. I would have been happy to keep him too. Um, but I think he's got to be applauded for the way he's handled himself.
1: Oh, absolutely. I Like you said, it, it's so rare. And I think in this, this day and age, we talked about egos and in Ciso, and I, I don't want to put him in that bracket, but do you, you're talking about a 24-year-old that is looking like one of the, The dressing room leaders and and being able to be quite a senior member of the squad without actually being senior in age um which is again fairly rare and and fairly level-headed for someone that has achieved so much at such a young age um so yeah he's going with our blessings because of that i think In, in you know part of it is you know is he worth 70 million Probably like if you think about it, um, you know, you can you can debate it financially until the cows come home if you really want to. But you know, do I think he's gonna be playing Champions League football for the next 10 years? Also, yes. I, I think, you know, there, there's that sort of level and that caliber of player. And um, but the mentality as well is gonna get him there and and it's gonna keep him there. Um, and and those are the type of people that obviously we want to attract, but also um, you know, we we get to nurture and Sort of have these players at our at our team and and to to influence younger people. I can see. Like so the Caicedos that didn't really help, but th- those sort of bits and pieces there, where those younger kids can see and this is how you need to act and this is how you need to be to reach that ultimate level. Um, yeah, that's that's just, that's one of the main reasons why he's going with so many well wishes is because he's handed himself impeccably.
0: Adam. If you're still around, uh, how do you feel about Moises Caicedo with that all being said? Um, because he did not handle himself the best in the world in January. Um, we did see the change happen almost overnight from the minute the new agents took over. Uh, he did write about his own hometown with the incorrect spelling. Um, so we don't know if what was Moises and what was his own his new agents. Um <laughs> But he obviously wanted a move, right? Like, he wanted to go to Arsenal. That much was absolutely clear. Um, And he came back February 1st and has been a superb professional throughout. His goodbye was nowhere near as emotional. Um, Do you think there's any chance that Moises Caicedo is lining up in that starting 11 on August the 12th?
2: Yes. I think there's a chance. I don't think it's a good chance, but I think there's a chance. Uh, Well, because it depends on your perspective on on old fabrizio you know
0: um well i would say there is a 0% chance of alexis when will line it up for us and no well, yeah yeah there's well
2: yeah. and he hasn't an well, official maybe, and he hasn't an
0: officially gone no i'm saying 0% he's there's well, never grown,
2: a 0% right. chance. Who, who knows? Maybe he goes skiing <laughs> and breaks both legs. The, the, uh, and well, no, I guess he wouldn't line up, would he? So maybe you're right. is <laughs> uh, uh, coming out saying that, that we there was a some kind of gentleman's agreement, right? Between De Zerbi and Caicedo saying, yeah, you, you can leave in June. Don't worry. We promise we'll let you go. And now there's this idea that there's this pact or whatever that's come out and three clubs are involved, which seemingly is what? Arsenal Man United and... Is it City? Uh, I, I guess, or someone else? Um, yeah, not nowhere near as emotional goodbye. But also, he's not been he's not been brought up with the club in the same way McAllister has. I know McAllister was out on loan for quite a long while, but he, he's definitely felt a part of the club's DNA, the club's culture. I've never felt that about Isaido. He's not been here long enough to have that kind of passion and, and cliche playing for the shirt. He came back and he's he's played impeccably well. He's been played out of position. He's he's been he's been good to his word. Weird agent advice, switched agents. He's been given probably he was pushed by them to push for this move and say all these weird things. But he's come back and he has he's played his heart out. He, no one bar uh, maybe Estupinian has worked harder in the latter part of this season for for that Brighton shirt. So if he goes, so be it. Um I no hard feelings from me, even even with that weird blip in, in the January transfer window.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Uh in regards to the January thing, like I, I think so much of that was poor advice from an agent that is desperate for money given that him and Hincapi are the only two big players they have on their books at all like worth anything at all everything else is like lower league nonsense um and then they somehow have kaisano and and Gabi on their on their books um i thought they saw dollar pound euro signs out of the wazoo and thought this is our chance to like be a big agency very quickly um and it didn't work out because they didn't realize that they were going head-to-head with tony bloom which is a bit of a mistake um for anyone at any level um Derby uh spurs a rumour to be interested in him. Um, sounds Do like, not
2: even right. speak it into existence.
0: It sounds like he's already told them to go F themselves uh, unofficially. Um, he's very, very honestly said he will be here next season. He has no interest in going anywhere else. Uh, he said he will stay here as long as he has the fire to be here, um, is what he said. Uh which is fair enough. Um, that sounds exactly the sort of thing I would expect from him and his entire character, to be honest. Um, but I suppose to wrap this episode, because I don't want to get too far into season review stuff or like right, recap stuff. Um, Does has transformed this side into something we've never seen from any mid-table side almost really in the Premier League uh, at all? Barring your kind of Leicester or title-winning season special stuff, um, he's just one coach of the season from the Athletic. I just saw that an hour ago. He just won their coach of the season. Um, how how special can he be with one full season? He may it may only be the one full season we ever get of him. Um, but what are you hoping for this summer uh, from Roberto De Zerbi uh, in terms of? What you're expecting to see out of him in preseason, and what you're expecting to see just for the rest of next year and year and beyond. Oh,
1: you're looking like a very hard preseason, aren't you? Because yeah, he wants everything done and dusted before they before they get back from holiday. Um, yeah, I think you saw what he did with sort of the World Cup break, if you like. There's sort of a, a mini preseason with what a three quarters of the squad, if you like. Um, it's just going to be exciting, just to... Firstly, attract the players that we're going to be able to attract. I know we we spoke about this in the last pod as well, and, and how pivotal this summer is going to be from a transfer perspective. Um, but also allowing the Zerbi a full preseason with a, a group of guys that he wants, um, rather than inheriting, um, you know, being able to mold this squad into what he thinks that it, it should be and, and what he wants to be able to to deal with. Um, is something that every single Brighton fan should be extremely excited about um you're talking about a brand of football that everyone likes watching neutral or or brighton fan um and you you give them six seven weeks of preseason to 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 rip raw. i I think it's incredibly exciting so um we'll see (laughs) we'll see what the players that we end up with whether it's uh without caicedo or not i think just on that point i don't think he's a zero percent um but i think it's it's pretty low um but we'll we'll see i mean it's it's going to be fun regardless. I think we always said that as soon as the Zobi came in. It's just, it's always fun.
2: I, I need him to be worse next year. I know that sounds weird to say, but if he can pull this off twice, he's gone. Wave goodbye. There's no way you're keeping him. Maybe just a little bit of a regression, t- just a teeny bit. A nice, a nice all run in the Europa League. Perfect, like wonderful. But like if he smashes, he somehow defies the odds again and does this two seasons in a row. He's going to coach at elite, elite, elite level. Um, and I don't want that. I really do. We thought we had a good with Potter. And we've we've got it really, really, really good. He, he is. There's no one now in, in the coaching world at the moment outside of Pep. I really can't think of anyone else. Your Peps and your Klopp's, maybe that another another owner would want running their club. Really, I, I know we're biased, but I think anyone would try and snap this guy up, especially if he proves it over a consistent period of time. So, hopefully, the brand of football stays the same. I Can't see it changing, and I think it's less less of a less of a focus on Deserby, more of a focus on on Bloom and Barber here. Can you bring in the people? And the group to support Deserbi and not get him disgruntled. I think he was quoted as saying something on the lines of, I'm not going anywhere as long as I've got the fire here. That's, just, that's a warning shot because the, the fire is a byproduct of, is he give, being given the tools to do his job? Um, they need to do that. And I think someone commented in the chat about the supply line, keeping it running if we think Mac is gone, if we think caicedo has gone, which they both probably are, because you can't go back on a gentleman's agreement, Caicedo will just go on strike. So if that's true, you've got it. It's a lot of backfilling to do. There really, really, really is. And even if we've got Dahud, we've got Milner, we've got Jao Pedro, it's got to be a big, big window to, to keep De happy.
0: I think on that note, we're good. Um next week we will be back for full season recap, uh, of the best, best and worst moments. Uh, I suspect we've got a couple of those, uh, either way. Um, and, uh, most of them probably involve that, uh, soon to be possibly palace manager in Graham Potter himself, um, in terms of worst moments. So we will be back next week. Uh, and then it's summer. I don't know what we'll be back after that. So have a wonderful week, everybody. We will see you next week. Uh, at some point. Um, Enjoy the FA Cup final. Uh, Unpopular opinion, now we've finished sixth uh, and had the season we had. I'm not that bothered about missing out on the final. I do worry that we maybe wouldn't have finished sixth by getting through. I feel like we would have been a bit more distracted. Um, But, yes. We'll speak to you all next week uh, and have a wonderful week. Thanks all.